Coming to you live from the Quest Studios, Saturday night at 8.30 with Judy in Canada. How is everybody doing tonight? How'd you like that little intro, Judy? A little shocking? <laughs> yeah, it sounds good, and I got I picked you up already, so I can't believe that. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Good to be here. <laughs> Unbelievable. I got to put in my uh, lightning bolt strikes on my new podcast uh profile picture with the lightning bolts and the little pirate ship and the knights templar knight and what else i got in there the bats coming out with the map on the island i overdid myself <laughs> yeah, i love it except for the bats <laughs> <laughs> for some reason with oak island you know i was thinking caves tunnels bats i don't know yes yeah it works And here we are live. And of course, we have Judy on the line. And Curtis says, hello, all old. Hi, everyone. Tom Burns. Tom Burns, I thought you were going off the internet for the summer. Can you see me? Can you hear Judy? I see you good, John. Okay. Loud and clear, Curtis says in South Carolina. Good. We started off at the right foot somehow, Judy, tonight for some reason. Well, let's not jinx it. <laughs> let's not jinx it. And there's Elizabeth in the house and Barbara Perry in the house. Hi, Barbara. The gang is coming in on our Saturday night show here. At the Quest Studios, late night. Well, guys, the end of July. Now we got August, September, and October. Can we make? Can we make it? <laughs> I'm hoping they'll start the end of October, John. They never do. They always start like November 10th or November 14th if we get a season nine. Darn it. And Tom, the weatherman, Burns says, depends on the weather, back and forth to camp. I hear you, Tom. The professor's in the house. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Tom. Unbelievable. And after I say my spiel, usually at the end of the month, we'll do some Facebook statistics. But as you know, it's off-season, so the numbers are not that great on the off-season. But I'm going to give you some numbers anyways uh, in a little while, Judy, because that's what I do at the end of the month. You know, mostly our members are from the Facebook group. Um, YouTube, we still get about 50% that are prescribed and 50% that watch us that are not subscribed. So it's half and half. So if uh, 2,000 people see us, well, 1,000 of them are subscribers to our channel, and the other 1,000 are just coming in from the world, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, well, at least they're watching. Yeah, we're nice that they join, though. <laughs> yeah, they're coming up in the search more and more on Google search and Bing search and Yahoo search. So when they're searching for a Quest or Oak Island program, our numbers are going way up on the YouTube side that they're recommending our QOOI channel. Great. Good. So it's starting, it's starting to turn after about a year and a half. Hello, Wanda. Hello, Mary. 
Okay. Of course, I always got to start my program off with the QOI soldiers, captains, commanders, and grandmaster. They are my paid supporters on the YouTube side, and I appreciate them, and I love every one of them. I love all you guys. With these guys, I got to give them a little extra love. They are hello to Sand Dollar, Barbara, Todd, Renee, Roxy, Mike, Annette, the other Annette, Jazdia, Wayne, Starlene, and of course, extra, extra love and kisses and hugs go to Judy and Barbara and Daniel and Mike for the extra support they send to me to keep this channel running. And Judy's on the line, and I always thank her right on the line, live. I thank you so much for keeping this channel going, Judy. Hey, you're welcome, John. Kisses and hugs back, too. And we got our soldiers, which is only two ninety nine a month or 75 cents a week. And like I said, YouTube takes 30% of that. So we need a lot of these guys to join to see if we can boost that just a little bit more. I want to thank Scott and Ken and Curtis and Michelle and Dana and Josh, Virginia, Jean, Cindy, and Becky for their support also. Every little bit helps. I thank you guys so much. I want to thank my moderators. I hope Tammy's doing better. Judy, Renee, Michelle, Daniel, and Starlene. I want to thank all my Quest of Oak Island Facebook group members. I want to thank all my YouTube channel members and my listeners on my host channel, Anchor, that my podcasts are audioed on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Public, Public Casts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Listen Notes. I thank everybody that's listening on the radio side. So, a lot of times, Judy, I call it the radio side because, you know, it's not a video of me and you. It's just they're hearing our audio of the show. And they say, well, you got to call that a podcast. Well, I'm old fashioned. It's either a video podcast, Judy. Or it's an audio podcast. What do you think, Judy? I agree 100%. Sounds like radio to me. Yeah, hello, Jenny. Hello, Virginia. Hello, Neil on the YouTube side. So, you know, sometimes I'll say podcast. Well, then some people will PM me, well, it's not a a video podcast. So I call it, it's like a, it's a radio, I guess. I don't know. I'm out of tune on that stuff, Judy. You know, me either, John, and that works just fine as long as they can hear us. How are you guys doing tonight? Everybody doing all right tonight? I hope so. I surely wait I for these Saturday nights, Judy, for some reason. Yeah, I know. Me too. I look forward to them. Puts the weekend in. We'll do a couple of uh, Facebook stats. We have a total membership. As of today, July 31st, of 71,294 members. Hello, Cindy. In a 28-day period, we only had 91 posts. We only had 2,597 comments. And we had 19,146 reactions which all these numbers are probably down around the 40% mark. But we're off-season. People are on vacation. 
and such. So it's pretty normal. Our top countries are the United States with 45.9, Canada 10,800, United Kingdom 6,200, Australia 2,000, South Africa with 700, Germany with 635, New Zealand with 516 viewers, Netherlands with 503 viewers, Ireland with 422 uh, viewers, uh, members. And the 10th place finish goes to the Philippines. We have 374 people from the Philippines as members, Judy. Well, that's amazing, isn't it, John? All over the world. Yep, and this is only the top 10 countries. And, I mean, they'll break it down, the cities and everything else, but I'm not going there. No, that'd take all night. Yep, and the top city still is my top city is Halifax in Canada, 418. Melbourne, Australia, coming in second with 237. Ottawa, Canada, 203. Edmonton, Canada, 191. Lutenburg, Canada, 188. Toronto, 184. Calvary, 181. New York, New York is 176. Dartmouth, Canada is 169. And Montan, Canada is 161. Canadians are hanging in there, John. Yep, you're the top 10 cities. You guys got nine of them. I mean, eight of them. We got Australia and New York in there. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It is. So today, I even stuck in a little bit of my, uh, hello, Linda, how are you? C1 discussion you know you guys i get all hyped up on c1 after the swamp but i wanted to show things that were shown that mike huntley could not find when he dove the c1 these are actually things that they've shown and we'll discuss uh c1 uh, in a little while. So we'll put up our first discussion. And we'll keep C1 maybe on the third discussion, but I want you guys to uh, concentrate on C1 because that'll be coming up. So we'll go up, up with this first. Hello, David. How are you? This first thing, Judy. Okay. And we'll discuss as we go by. Alrighty. Wait to give it a little bit of time, a little bit of delay. 844. Welcome David on the YouTube side. This is a part of Fred Nolan's map here that we see we're looking right at. His plot map. Ready? The second picture here on the big screen is what's actually what Steve is doing, how he plots out maps on the computer. So quite a change, huh, guys? What do you think? Wow. Makes a big difference. 
Yup, Linda, Fred Nolan's map. That's how they used to be, and that's how I used to draw them myself. And after Fred Nolan's map to what Steve is doing now, Steve will obviously be doing a 3D map like I've spoken to you guys about. That would be a fantastic survey of the whole island in 3D. If we can see it, I have no idea, but that has to be the goal of Stephen, because that's what they do now, Judy. I hope they show it to us, John. That's going to be really cool to see. A lot readable, a lot. I mean, Linda, on my maps, you know how we use Zoom with a magnifying glass? <laughs> yep. <laughs> we had no Zoom in. Zoom out, make it sharper, look at this section, turn it around, inside out. No. We had a map like Fred Nolan's. You got a magnifying glass if it was that small in some areas, but usually they made them readable. I mean, if I got a map that I have to use a magnifying glass on, I mean, how the heck you got to read a map like that? You know what I mean? That'd be darn hard on me. But there's some numbers and some indications that I did have to use a magnifying glass because not everybody's writing was clear. You know what I mean, Judy? Exactly. Linda said she still uses one. I have to do at times. You're not a kidding, even me. What a flashlight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, what else I got in this pot of pictures? And then we discussed if they're going for a big dig, what process would you like them to see and do? If money was no object, would it be the concrete walls down to the vault? Would it be the freeze system? down to the vault if they had to do and said they're not going to do just one small area forget about spoon or silver right now they just want to eliminate this money pit and dig out a big area what would you guys rather them see the concrete wall project or the freeze method project I think I'd go for the freeze, John. What about you? <clears throat> I myself, if I didn't have a target area that we could hone in to about 10 to 15 feet, I would go with the freeze system. It's still going to be the same volume of dirt to be removed. But what do you do with all this concrete that would be poured into the walls? You know what I mean, Judy? That's true, John. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that would all have to come out. Not unless they made an underground hotel. <laughs> That's not for me. 
But you know what I'm saying. If they turned it into right. a tourist uh, situation, like we have caverns and things like that, that they can make an elevator that goes down the shaft and they see where, if they find the vault, you know, put the fake vault there and whatever for tourists instead of taking out the concrete. But I don't know if the Providence or the government will let them go that far. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And that's always, always hard to know. <laughs> Linda said, just go in there in January and dig. Yep, and Tom says when they do the drilling for the freeze, they'll automatically get more information. Oh, okay. We got so much information, Tom, at the money pit with a billion holes over there. It should be no problem because it's probably just fill up to 100 feet anyways, you know what I mean? So it should be real easy digging. It's the support system. So when they freeze all that stuff, I mean, it's going to be freezing what? Got to be freezing the wood. So it's going to be a mess. It's not pure fill. It's not just rocks and dirt. It's a debris field money pit, don't you think, guys? Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, wood would be sticking out all over the place. And Neil says, I vote freeze method. It's a larger footprint but I hope they can access the island's plumbing system and open it up the way it was designed. If the vault theory is accurate, right, Neil? And if the money pit does have the vault and they're in the right location, like I keep on telling everybody, like I said Friday, either they didn't dig deep enough or we're in the wrong location, Judy. Yes, exactly. I can't help but wonder. I don't think the treasure is in the money pit myself. There's a lot of different ideas. And Tom says if they do the freeze, what would we consider the money pit area as we know it now? It won't be called the money pit anymore. There's nothing found there. Like Dan Blankenship always told us, it's just a ruse for people to keep on digging there and keep on looking there in the treasure somewhere else, Judy. I agree. I agree. And Maureen says, hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm going to listen mostly. I'm cutting up tomatoes from my garden. <laughs> glad, glad I'm catching the podcast live tonight. Well, Maureen, you're welcome. You're welcome that I'm entertaining you and Judy's entertaining you while you cut up tomatoes. We treat. Keep working there, girl. Yep, keep working. <laughs> and uh, we. Uh, Shame nobody, whatever you're doing, that's fine. (laughs) Oh, God. You know what I mean, Judy? Yeah, you never know what we're doing behind the scenes, John. Yep, yep. Some things I don't want to (laughs) know. And then Linda says, the eye of the swamp, the plug. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I agree. All righty. So we're going to get rid of this one. And then we're going to show some stones here that are all over the island that I still can figure out in Season 2, Episode 10. 
that this, uh, I showed this before, and I try to look up this number 18 stone or boulder with an A on it, uh, Judy. And I really couldn't find anything explaining what this is. Could there be two numbers missing and it's 1800 and something? Yeah, but look how nice the numbers are chiseled out. It almost looks too perfect, you know what I mean? It does, yes. And since I showed you guys this, I've been researching on this. I came up empty, guys. I came up empty. Mm-hmm. Hello, Darlene. Thanks for coming in. Hi, Darlene. And Barbara's getting another bad storm again. Yeah, Barbara, it's crazy. These storms is driving me crazy. Then there's the A. Look how perfect that is, though. It it is. It's just absolutely perfect. A, and then like a J on the edge there, or a period, then a J. Maybe somebody was just chiseling things in rocks, like you would uh, be like a kid. You're down the creek, or you're on the sidewalk, and I would chisel in uh, JS or something in in the sidewalk. These guys did it in rocks. Sure looks like it, doesn't it? You know what I mean, Judy? Like how kids would put your initials on the sidewalk when you're like eight years old. Then when you're older, you go down to the sidewalk. Hey, look, there's my initials in the sidewalk. Yep, I've done that. Yep, and it's like maybe with these guys, I mean, they're on the island, no causeway, working away. You know, I have no idea. Hello, Diane from hot North Carolina. They need the rain, and some are getting too much. Yep, and uh, Neil's got a good point. These look like gravestones. Oh. Hey, that's an idea. That's an idea. Where were these stones at? I don't have the location on the island, but it was pointed out by Dan Blankenship that these boulders might have markings on them. This is after they found the uh, H2O stone, or HO stone, whatever it was called, HO stone. And I showed this stone before. This stone was found in the ocean with these markings on it. Restall found. The uplander. There has to be somebody that's buried on that island after all these years. Somebody, somewhere. I certainly think so with everybody that's been there. You know what I mean, David? It's like with no causeway. But then other people said, well, if they're all sailors, sailors get buried at sea. Well, Not all cases, you know what I mean? Right. So I got no more information on these stones and these markers. This was the stone they flipped up to see those uh, 
numbers of 18 and the letter A. It just strikes me as weird. There they are trying to flip the stone. And there's the H plus O stone. Or EM, yep, or FM. And of course, we got to look at the table of the end of season eight. We got a lot of dates, Judy, but no answers. Right. They're so right. You know, mm. a lot of axe heads, the ring bolt, axes, survey spikes, that uh, ship rail that was dated way back when, the keg barrel top or bottom, ox shoes, that cannon support system. More stuff to tie in the dates of the area, but really nothing to tie anything of who. You know what I mean, Judy? I agree. Yeah, so many dates and and yet so many questions in between the dates. Yep. So as I looked at this table when I uh, put this on Live, and as you guys see everything on this table, can you tell a story from these things? I couldn't. You know, I try to say, okay, this and that, and this ties into that, and this person, and this and that. You're right, John. It really does and doesn't. You know, they found that stove latch in the swamp, the front of a belly stove. Of course, they got to tie it into a ship stove. The, the square, the carpenter square. Of course, the coal. The coal will give us a date. You know, they found that coal, Judy, and they dated that. Yes. But I was saying, okay, Johnny, you got all these dates already. You got all these items on the table. I still can't put a story together. No, we haven't. I think there were so many people at so many different times on the island, I don't think we can bring them all together. Right. That's what uh, the professor was saying. That um, at a certain amount of time, these people were there doing this, either depositing or searching. Now you throw them out in this next period of time, these other people were there. And it just keeps on going in a loop over and over and over. Right. Tom says the only story is that there is more than one story to tell. That's true. I know, and they're all separate. I don't think one can be tied into another. I mean, everybody's looking for the treasure. But that one time period that they were there, these certain people were there, have nothing to do with the next amount of people that were there. What do you think, Judy? I agree. I do. I think, you know, the pirate stories are separate from the Templar stories. So it's it's hard to know where anything is if it's there. Yep. Different times, different stories. Yeah, that's what it's making so hard. Let me see the ship's railing. I thought I had the uh, 
was that 600 AD? And ships railing. Let's see here. Yeah, because it was old, wasn't it? Yeah, they came back because they. I remember uh, Mr. Tuster saying it's. Uh, we had it tested twice because they couldn't believe the date. That's right. Yeah. But then my brain is uh, gone. So yes, darling, that would make it older than the cro- the lead cross. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Let me see here. I know it'll make it older than the cross for sure, but I thought I wrote that date down on all my dates, Judy. Hmm. Daniel says an add-in privateering and smuggling. Yeah, it was just so much. I agree, Tom. The big story will not be the pirates. I still think it's Templars. Mm-hmm. Woodbury, nope, nope, nope. Nope, it's lost. Who knows? <laughs> yep, the big story. Tom, we need this big story, or at least a piece of it, in up to nine years. We still have more information. We're getting the direction. We're getting the dates. Well, we got to get some answers. And some people say, John, are are you giving up on Oak Island? Are you crazy? (laughs) It's more interesting and more informative every year. But the only thing I tell them when they tell me that is after a while, this 140-acre island, you're going to run out of space to look. You know what I mean, guys? You're right, exactly. Depending and on the government's permits, you only can look so many spots on a small island. Go ahead, Judy. Right. Yeah, and it's uh, it would be good if they could just concentrate on one thing like Templars. But there's no, um, no way they can do that because there's so many different things that they're finding. Right, and the island is located in a very secretive spot in the back so it was a place for all kinds of things going on there because that was the place to be to do anything not be seen Lennon <laughs> says it makes you drink more <laughs> yeah we got to need uh, proof of that Darlene They can say a lot of things. <laughs> Daniel said privateers are pirates. A lot of cases, they were one and the same. Some just dressed cooler. Yep, and Aaron says Templars turn into pirates. Well, who the heck knows who turned into who? If you're hunted, yeah. you turn it, you're a pirate or you're a Templar and you're hunted, you turn into anything to do to succeed, to survive. You know what I mean, guys? Right. If your life is on the line, you do whatever has to be done to survive. 
right on. Alrighty, let's go to our next little clump of. Now, also, people, everything I show is from past episodes. Some people think, well, John, is the show started? Judy, I keep on forgetting people around the world, some of them don't even see season eight or season seven yet or season six. I have no idea how the world sees this show. So when I show them things and they're in my group, I have to mention now all the time that these are from previous episodes. It's not new. It's new to them because they haven't seen season eight or seven. But it was getting kind of confusing, and I didn't realize that they haven't even seen the episodes that we all have seen and discussed. You know what I mean? Right. It's hard on them, too, because they listen to us and know that we're seeing up to date, and they can't. It's got to be hard for them. Yeah, and I can't really, like you know, I don't hold back anything. The minute we have something, you know, I used to put on spoiler alerts. I mean, when the season starts, I mean, Canada up there don't get it to Sunday night. We get it Tuesday night. It's an unfortunate thing, but uh, that's what I have to put out there. Yeah, no way we can change it. Yep. Tom Burns, same people, different uniforms. Yep. Yep. But uh, here is where uh, Corrigan, Corian and uh, Christopher put an X on the spot. And they went to go dig in the spot, and they picked up a uh, one large boulder. As they're digging down, they think uh, Fred Nolan pushed all this dirt over from his land because they were saying it was easy digging. And here's uh, Tom Nolan in the backhoe. But at least last year, they were digging on spots that people put an X on. You know, Judy? Right, yeah. Um, Thank goodness. If they can keep from breaking down and get through it, it would be nice, too. Right. Here's Steve, and Rick is saying, uh, like, I wish one time we can just dig something out and say, hey, here, this is what it is, boom, and connect it from that. I mean, these guys are getting just as much frustration on this, even though it's a big story, as we are. So imagine how they feel when they're digging. I can't. can't imagine. And they still stay up, and they still keep at it. Yep. Yep. Let's not talk about that, guys. And here's the hole they were digging. That they put the uh, X on the spot. And then here's Fred Nolan and his tractor. How he used to uh, dig around and push dirt around and whatever he was searching for. And this is where they start digging down deeper. They have a different soil level, a different color of soil. Wanted to get down to sea level. And here's another big rock or boulder that they found at the bottom of the dig. If you guys remember this episode, 
Yeah, I think I do. A little chip off that rock. And then, boom, the hydraulic hose broke. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yep, and we haven't heard a thing about this area at all. And their other area that Corian and Christopher Mulford uh, suggested. And Dr. Spooner said this area is over 300 years old. I couldn't find the clip, but when they went to that spot, I think they said it was on the east side of the swamp that we've heard nothing more of these two areas. Number one, either they didn't find anything, or number two, they got to get back to it. Yeah, they never did tell us one way or the other. You know what I mean? So that was another area of concern. Let me see here. Our next clip. I sure miss our watch parties. You know, our watch parties that Facebook used to have. Yes, I, and I know you really do. So do I. I look forward to them. Yep. Yep, Tom says, the swamp has the best chance for new discoveries at shallow depths less than 50 feet. Correct, Tom. They just need to get below the modern garbage. Everything in the MP area at shallow depth is recycled. Yeah, I think it goes deeper than, uh, I go almost 100 feet of garbage. And Wanda says they never get back to it. Yep, dang, dang hoses. And here's the piece they found in the swamp towards the end before they announced Spooner Silver that um, that ship's railing that Darlene was saying. And this is a animation of when they think the island was uh, two different islands. Yep, Darlene, that's coming up. You're reading my mind. The Spanish galleon in the swamp. I wish they would dig that area and find out if there is a ship there or not. I know, I know. And there's that ship railing that they had dated twice. Something rings a bell at uh, 600 AD or something. I don't know. I don't have... uh, any fact on that, but it's real, real old. Yeah, it sounds right, John. But, I mean, couldn't this stuff, you know, before the road was there, leave Smith's Cove during a storm and just get sucked up into the swamp in the mucky area when there was no road there so many hundreds of years ago, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. So how did it get there? And this is when seismic testing showed the ship anomaly. I mean, this place has been data central. Data on top of data central. Could be washed ashore, Linda, but also 
all these data points did not show any paved area. So that was my next question to you guys. When I saw this picture and we got the ship shape anomaly, it didn't show the huge paved area on the top of the swamp. It did not show the smaller paved area on the southern eastern side of the swamp. It did not show no caverns at the eye of the swamp. So they say seismic testing is good for down things down deep. All right. Well, what about down deep near the eye? You know what I mean, Judy? Right. Exactly. Well, we'd sure like to know what's there, but why didn't that show those paved areas? That I don't understand. Well, they said it's mostly for deeper penetration. I think Steve said um, it would show um, not that much three foot below muck. You know what I mean? Okay, gotcha. All righty, thank you. But I'm not sure. And Linda says she's surprised they only found one coin where those were ever found in the swamp. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it's surprising on all this technology and how many times the swamp was scanned. Even if they go back to the seismic testing and maps. Can they pinpoint where that ship rail and huge log was dug up? Now, that was 10 feet. And that was before the ship anomaly. That's almost towards the road. You know, Judy? Yeah. Um, yeah. Boy, John, it, it none of it really makes sense to me, but uh, I know it looks like a ship. That much I know. Yep. And Tom says, some things I recently learned makes me think if anything is in the swamp, it's a barge. Or my idea is the stone paveway is a foundation for a wharf. The wood rotted away from the tops of the wharf of the stone paveway and rotted in the swamp. You know what I'm saying, guys? options there because we can't get to the truth right and they say well and i was a civil engineer in engineering uh, college if you're building a stone paveway this big and this heavy it's to carry a heavy load otherwise you'd have little pebbles you would have not the size and scale of these paved areas That could have been military. Yep. But I always thought it was not a road to do treasure, carrying treasure in and out. Because if you have a treasure to hide, are you going to build a road that takes you uh, decades or whatever, how long it took? No. You got treasure chests, you got bags of treasure, you got coins. You're going to get in there as fast as you can and get out. You're not going to spend all these years building a road to bring this to a vault. 
especially if we can see, as I see, you know, to get in there and get out there in this area. You know what I mean, guys? Yeah, I agree. Now, if there's as many tunnels as we think there could be, John, that would take a while to dig stone. Yep. But I'm saying, if if I had a ship, okay, if I had 14,000 men on 60 ships, and five ships were loaded with gold and silver and jewelry and religious artifacts, what would you do when you landed on the island? Take time to build two roads? Take time to dig a tunnel like that? Put it in a time frame as yourself with like three loads of treasure. Either something was already there, available to them to hide this stuff, or they knew of some entrance to use. You're going to want to hide this treasure as quickly as possible, whatever it is, and get out of town. You know what I mean, Judy? Right. And why did it still... I wonder why so many people use the same island when there were so many islands to use. Because it's if it was handed down to them that there was an area of a caverns, they would know where to go and what to do. I mean, if you only have a couple of religious artifacts, do you build? These paved areas, I mean, do you go through all this time and effort just to do that? That's a big question, John. So that's what comes into my mind. Sure, pirates, they, they you know, they carry their chest in and they bury it 30 feet below. They have a party, then they leave. They make a map and leave. Not all this work. This work had to be done by a lot of people. It had to be designed. It had to be worked out. Even before the treasure even got here. What do you think of that, guys? Yeah, I think, John, it, so many questions. You're making the questions hard. <laughs> Yep, Linda, I just said that. It was predetermined, just like on the map, on Zena's map, like people tell me. Yes, it was two islands, but Zena's map, if you believe it or not, was a plan. The plan was to make it a full island. The plan was to close off and have it one island. There had to be a master plan in place for this to work. This is just something not like Oliver said. This is not like 10 guys on the weekend digging a hole and burying a treasure. Right. And Tom said because they knew how to get there. You're right, Tom. They were told. You know, this was passed down. 
Alrighty, let's get off the swamper. And there's the ship shape anomaly. It doesn't show any other anomalies but this. All over the island. I mean, all over the swamp. It doesn't show anything as far as the eye. Yup, Todd, I agree with you 100%. Todd says, I think the scale of the effort is unimaginable and may have had prep trips before any treasure was brought. Yeah, it's like you don't bring the treasure to an empty lot. You build the bank first. You know what I mean, guys? Right. And to me, John, the treasure has to be more important than just monetary right. for them to go to all that work. Right. I also think that, you know, there's some uh, religious religious artifact that we're looking into also. More than gold and silver and, and such. That's my own personal opinion. If it's still there, I have no idea. I guess that's what we're trying to find out. And here's like a 3D of the ship shape anomaly. I don't know if you guys ever saw a 3D of the ship shape. We've seen that other picture a million times, Judy. Have you ever seen this 3D? No, I don't think I have. Wow. Don Wagner, it's a very interesting island. Yeah, it's driving everybody crazy. So that's the ship shape anomaly, sort of sitting on a rise in the swamp, it looks like. It doesn't look like it's in them two valleys. If you can see a valley on the one side and a valley on the other. Well, there's certainly something there. Yep. But yet, when they floated the drill rig through the whole swamp and drilled holes, they came up with nothing. No wood. No burnt wood. No charcoal. Yeah, that's strange. You know what I mean? So if there's something there, again, did they drill samples deep enough, Judy? That's all I can think of. If you're showing this picture, there's a ship shape anomaly. Here's the picture. It's 50 feet down. It's 200 feet wide, 200 feet long. Hi, Jess Dia. Thanks for coming in. And 25 foot wide. I'd be drilling holes all over the place. Right. I agree. If, if seismic testing told me it's 50 feet down, I'd be drilling 75 feet down. No, Linda. It was not the stone walkway. Or the plug. Tom says the eye of the swamp is an integral part of the activity uh, in the area and the reason the swamp was modified. I just think, Judy, all these holes they've been drilling for hundreds of years, they didn't go deep enough. Go all the way down the bedrock and more. You know what I mean? Right, I agree. All this time and effort, you know. It's been a lot of years. 
when Tom says, if you can float a drill rig today, you could have floated a barge hundreds of years ago before the swamp filled in. Correcto, correcto mundo. Correcto. And there's the shape they always showed us. Off that little peninsula that Fred Nolan threw out there. So we'll see what happens this season. I hope they dig there and find out what's there this year. Because <laughs> we know they're uh, draining the swamp again. We know that for a fact. Yes. And here's the hole where they found the uh, ship's railing and that big log that they couldn't get out. Yes, they are draining the swamp. Uh, Darlene, this year. And that's how close they were to the road. That ship anomaly is not that close to the road. You see where they're standing? You see that blue discharge holes behind them, Judy? Yes. And you see the yeah. rocks? And you see the rocks? That's the road right there. So I'd say they're only 25 feet away from the edge of the road. And that ship shape anomaly is farther away from that, where they found that ship's railing and where they found that big log 10 foot under, Judy. Right, yes, I remember. And now we're going to this. The old uplands shaft that they dug out where Rick took a ride in the bucket. That made everybody nervous. Except him. Yep, yep, Tom. The swamp should be swamped if they're getting rain like I'm getting down here. It's not going to be dry like last year. No way. More pumps. But where do you guys think this shaft was going? From the uplands to the money pit? Do you think it's part of the flood drain system? What do you guys think on this? Because I think they're going to redo, get a permit for this uplands shaft and dig around so the sides are not falling in to check that out, Judy. I hope they do, John. I have no idea. I do believe it is a tunnel, though. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for coming in. You know what I mean? You can see the rocks piled up on one side. You can see the wood. Does it go sideways? Does it go towards the money pit? Or does it end here? Does it Was was this like just straight down? I think it was at 80 feet, Aaron. It would have been great if they could have got a, a camera down into the tunnel itself. Yep, hello, Annette. Yep, that's as best they can get on that camera on side of the bucket, Judy. 
Yes. Because that whole place was caving in. This is at the uplands, Judy. Right. What was it for? No idea. There's yeah, a... Tom says, yep, that is a tunnel. What else could it be? <laughs> could it be? A shaft. So this is another area of concern. That uh, we have to re-enter and check that out. What do you think, guys? Yes, I hope they do. They'll be wondering the rest of their lives, and so will we if they don't do it. I mean, is it on any of the plots? Is it on any of the maps? I mean, it is now because Steve would GPS it in the correct location, the exact same spot. But was it known before? No, it wasn't. But if it was a flood tunnel, obviously maybe the tide wasn't in. Wouldn't this be full of water? I think so. You know, it would be full of water if it was a flood tunnel part. Well, it looks dry to me, but we don't know, Judy, when the tide comes in and the tide goes out and all that craziness that happens up there. Who knows? Right. You know what I mean? Tom says, we know for sure it is not natural formation. No, not at all. Not at all. But if they're looking for spots for where the original money pit is located, how does this help them locate the money pit? It doesn't. No. Yep, Linda, it could be an air shaft. Yeah, it could be another air shaft. They got to breathe when they're building these tunnels. But how does it help us locate the original money pit? That's the big question. And that's what they were looking for for years. Well, this tunnel was tunnel two. This was only four feet away from the original money pit. This tunnel nine was only 14 feet away from the original money pit. This other shaft was 16 feet away from the original, and we found nothing. You know what I mean? They were trying trying to dissect all this information to get original direction of the original money pit. Right. (laughs) There's too many things that lead that way. It makes it difficult. Michelle says, unless the trap hasn't been sprung, who knows? Who knows? Like Todd says, there's a valve to control the water someplace. If that valve's 245 years old, I guess that should be in good working order. I have no idea. You know what I mean? Any kind of mechanical system now, all these years, right? got to be rotted shot or whatever they made it of. And again, they might have not been deep enough. Don, that's all I can think of. And I tell Judy this all the time, and I repeated myself maybe a hundred times. Either they didn't go deep enough or we're in the wrong area. I'm sorry, guys, repeating myself, 
But if we're just going back to square one, those are the only two things I can think of. Not deep enough and in the wrong area. Do you guys agree with me, or am I crazy? No, I agree with you, for sure. And here's the top of the tunnel that was caving and in. So we know it's a shaft. We know it was a tunnel, where it was going, what it was doing in the uplands. We have no idea. So it was something down there, Judy. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Uh, Darling says, I'm hoping that season nine will tell us more of what they, meaning the crew, know that they have not mentioned before. And I'm sure they know a lot we don't. And don't forget, you got to go by, is it show worthy? I mean, they still got to think of the side of the TV side, Judy. Right. They're not going to show you drilling a hole for 40 minutes straight. That's why they jump around to the war room, make a trip, go to the field, go to Smith's Cove, back in the truck, over the causeway. You guys know the deal. Right. I know it from writing a synopsis that I'm all over the place. Right. You know, then we go to the war room for a conference. We get out of the war room. We go to this little dig. Then we go to Gary. Then Gary finds something in the metal detector. So you guys know the format by now. Not sure how far that was away from the cave-in pit, though, Jezdia. The uplands in the cave-in cave pit, I think, are pretty close. And here is where uh, we were looking at uh, anchor bolts. And uh, Rick was uh, asking Tom Nolan if this was the anchor bolt that his father, Fred Nolan, showed him on this other episode. And don't forget, guys, this is from past episodes. This is not new. We just are dissecting some of the things that make you scratch your head. And Tom says, secret of snow, showbiz. Keep them asking for more. Yep, they're doing that good. They left us with Spooner Silver. They're driving me crazy. <laughs> and Neil says, we need to supply Billy, with the heavy equipment operator, with drinks. I bet you he'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> and Billy, what about this dig? Oh, yeah, John. Uh, <laughs> So this is what they were looking for, an old anchor bolt spot. And this is Tom Nolan saying, yes, this is where an old anchor bolt was in this boulder. His dad cut it off, didn't he? Yep, I'm getting there. Here's the anchor bolt in that same boulder that Fred Nolan cut it off. Why he cut it off, I have no idea what Fred Nolan was doing. And that's the picture of the actual anchor bolt in the boulder. What other pictures does Tom Nolan have? You know what I mean, Judy? Right. I'll bet you there's lots of them there. We, we, we haven't heard anything about Fred Nolan's office. Nothing. And Tom says, sometimes I think we get more ideas 
from our own members. I agree, Tom, 100%. Yep, we got 70,000 members. They got 20 members. So we're, we're helping them out. We're trying to help them out, I think. Not unless, yeah. they, not unless they shut us off. <laughs> <laughs> and there's where the anchor bolt was uh, cut off. I forgot what lot it was. Uh, Dr. Spooner, he knows what's going on. But then, was it made to haul stuff up to this point with the anchor bolts? You know, what's the anchor bolt doing in a boulder this high up? Right. Okay, around the swamp, okay. But way up here is to drag things up on a pulley system. And go from there. Yup, uh, Jersey Lady one. I mean, why do you saw off an eye of a boulder? Why saw off the eye? Why not just leave it there? Why not just preserve it? I mean, he's, he's taking boulders off and put them in concrete in the museum. But why would you cut off the top eye of an eye bolt in a boulder if it's part of your system? And if you're a surveyor and it's on your land, I have no reason to believe why he did that. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I agree. I've often wondered about it. And only Tom, or only uh, Fred knows. It just don't make any sense, Judy. I mean, if I'm a surveyor and it's on my land, you know, even though the face of Nolan's cross is on his land, and that little dagger that's on top of the face is so faded away, I would have put some kind of box on the top of it just to preserve it. You know what I mean? I certainly would have. I don't understand them not doing that. Maybe he was afraid Dan Blankenship would see it. Yeah, but Aaron, he would have seen the cutoff uh, rods in the bolt. Just the eyes not there. So what's the sense of that, Aaron? I know they're treasure hunters and the old timers didn't give out any information to anything. Everything was close to the chest. I understand that. But Paul they would still know something was in this boulder if they got that far. That's what I'm saying. Remove the whole boulder then, you know? Right, yeah. Okay, Wanda, enjoy yourself. And Maureen, did Fred want to get the metal dated at some point? That's a good idea, Maureen. Yep, and Tom says, unless the experts can prove what they say, we're only getting an opinion, not a statement of fact. Yeah, what's your opinion on this? What's your opinion on that? Right, I understand that. Yep, that's true. I hear you. Talking about Billy, there he is. <laughs> if you guys go on the tour, whenever it opens up and he's at the pub and anchor get him juiced up and get him talking and report back to me as soon as possible right on 
And there was the swamp last year. And yet they're draining it again this year. So, here we go. And there's a small pathway. I think the swamp will always be a big enigma to all of us. Yep. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah, Nat said maybe there was a marking made on the eye of the bolt. Who knows, Annette? No, I showed you the bolt. There was a picture of the bolt that I showed you. Yes. There was nothing on there that I could see no, as I... far as a photo, you know what I mean? Right. Now, for my final segment, are you, am I putting you guys to sleep? Nope. Even though this is I'm old hoping. news. Nobody's sleeping on me yet. We got 23 listening on my side here, so. Or 57. I see up here on the YouTube, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. If it's just me and Judy and two or three people, this is our Saturday show. This is what we do. You know what I mean, Judy? Yes. We have a good time, don't we? Yep. Michelle said she's not bored. <laughs> Michelle, I don't know how you do our trivia nights, I swear to God. <laughs> she's amazing. Yep. And that's what uh, Dr. Spooner and Aaron said when they first saw that, Tom. If the eye was a clay mine, why is the clay so close to the top? It should be all gone or much deeper. Correct. That's what right. I. That's what I said when they said it's a clay mine. Okay, shouldn't there just be a big, huge hole there, so all the clay is gone if you're if you're mining it? So more questions, uh, Tom, driving me crazy. Linda says it's a plug. She's determined that it's a plug. Yeah, I'm with Aaron. I'm with myself. That that eye is a plug to a shaft or a tunnel, but we can't get them to dig there. So, I have no idea. Now, this guy, Jeff Christopherson, you know who this guy is? I remember him. This is another guy that drives me crazy. <laughs> You're great, Michelle. Thank you for what you do. He's the one that got me C1 crazy. This, this was before the eye of the swamp crazy. This is my C1 craziness right here. Now, follow me along here. This is actually coming out of his camera when he put it in C1 a couple of years ago. Down in the cavern of C1, obviously you see this hook-type thing towards the edge of the void that you can see a shadow behind it. So you know the other things could be some kind of moss or some kind of things or shadows, but this hook 
is a thing. What do you guys think on this hook, number one? Well, I think it's definitely a hook, and I do think it's metal. Now, if you see it against the white, you can see a little shadow up on top where it starts to bend. You can see the little shadow from the camera light. Can you see that? Yes. So for my perspective, this is something. You know what I mean, Annette? This will be our last series of slides. We'll go to the next one. This was like intertwined cable. that was laying on the ground. It is not a shadow, but a thing. What do you guys think of this next one? Why is it so far down there? I hear you, Judy. I hear you. Here's a little closer look at this wire intertwined. You can see it loops under, it loops over the top. Can you see that, Judy? Yes, I can. Now, how can this be nothing? It's man-made. It's got to be. Don Wagner, I wonder if it's seaweed. Hmm. Don, good, good thought, Don. Good thought. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the, for some reason, why it's intertwined, Judy? It doesn't. It seems like it's a mechanical thing of intertwined. What do you think, Judy? Go ahead. Yeah, that's what I think. Uh, Linda said it could be searcher. And I suppose it could be. You know, if it was seaweed, it looked like more of a spaghetti. You know what I mean? Like a little softer look or a little spaghetti look. What do you think? Right. That, that looks like metal to me. Something encrusted? Yep, Tom. And nothing was shown. When Mike Huntley went down there, we came up with a bag of mud. Like Tom said, if they ever try to bring it up, it might just fall apart. Yep. And here's a backed off shot of the mound. They called it a debris field. Annette, old ropes soaked in creosol. Yeah. But that cup-looking thing, I think, is a shadow. But I definitely think that hook is a hook of some kind, not a shadow. I agree. 
Aaron said, if it's 200 foot deep in a tunnel and it's seaweed, then there's an opening to the sea. Well, there is a solution channel, Aaron, in the money pit area at 170 feet deep that moves things around. Tom says there's a similar hooked item in the right corner. Just noticed it. Well, and they said there was nothing ever dropped into C1 with the, where they put the the case on in there. There was nothing in here but a six-inch sewer pipe that one Charles Barkhouse pointed to C1 that they found that gold shiny piece with the sewer cam. You remember that, Judy, right? Yes, I do very well. And, Tom, I see what you're talking about there. There does look to be another hook in that right-hand corner. Yep. But this C1, this is stuff that's shown on a camera to us as the public. This is stuff not on a map. This is live. Now, this is a black and white shot down in C1 that got me the craziest. Could be, Linda. Could be. These pictures just got me crazy on C1. And we never go back to these pictures and they never um, say what's going on. They just sort of say, well, it wasn't there, or it's not there, or whatever. But look at this black and white picture. Now, what is that? This is in the bottom of C1. And what I want to show you here, as you see the camera cable going down, Judy, mm-hmm. you see yeah. the case on, they're made of like an inch and a half steel. Follow me so far? Yes. Now look at the lighted side. The lighted side makes it look like gold. Oh, yeah. You're right, it does. All right, so remember this, guys. The case on is an inch and a half of iron or steel, whatever it is. On this cable, the camera light is shining on the inside of the caisson, which gives it an appearance of a gold sheen. You got you follow me, guys? Yep. So this indicates to me, if we can find this color in C1, it's not gold, but metal. You follow me, guys? Yes. That's why they need to go down and find out. They did. They found nothing. Mike Huntley dove this. So what I'm saying here is the light from the camera is shining on the inside of the caisson, which is an inch and a half of steel, 
that gives it a yellow gold tint. All right? Yes, gotcha. Tom says all the glitters is not gold. So if the camera is given this thing a gold tilt, maybe it is metal. Could very well be. Not gold, but the camera light reflecting on this metal, which is giving it a glow of a gold hue, is maybe saying this is metal. Let me go back to this other picture. See the gold in the case on, right? Yes. Even though it's a lighter gold, and you're underwater, makes a lot of difference how the light reflects off of things. Do you agree with me? I agree with you, John. I sure never thought about this. And if you look on the front of this flap, if you see like a little flap in front of this rock or metal or whatever this thing is, you see that little flap in the front? Yes. You see on top, you got a perfect four-inch hole. Okay. So obviously a drill from above went through this to make a perfect, like say, I don't know, four-inch hole. It's not cracked. It went right through it like you would go through a board. Do you guys see that? I do see it, yes. Yeah, you're right, Michelle. She said it reminds her of a crumpled up piece of, of foil. It does look like that. Now, this is, I turned it to black and white. The top hole that I just showed you on the flop, on that little flop flip in the front, look all the way down to the ground. There's the hole. The holes line up from the top to the bottom. It goes right through. Can you guys see that? Yes. If that was some sort of rock, or is that some kind of material that will make such a hole on top so perfect and not fall apart? It has to be something pretty solid. What do you think, guys? I agree, John. Boy. Now, you see the hole on the bottom, right? Yes. So you know it went through the top, went to the bottom, and then they pulled the drill up through. Obviously, we don't see no drill bit or nothing. Not in C1, Linda. That they said it was maybe the size or side of a treasure chest. I remember that big uh, piece of metal come up. I think that was part of the... Uh, Head and shaft or chapel, uh, chapel shaft. Right. But there's the hole in color. And you can see the shadow of the hole into the ground. 
And here's where I pointed out the shadow of the hole below the top hole. Well, that seems awful weird that that's something that is not made and done by man. What do you think of that, Judy? Well, I don't know. I'm still thinking about it, John. Um, the hole certainly looked to me man-made. Nope, it's not a tooth, darling. We've seen a lot of those break off. It's just weird that they show you these things and don't give us an explanation to mark it off of what the heck it was. They say maybe it's pirate. I don't know what they said about this. I I cannot remember. I don't think they talked about it a lot, did they? Well, no, because, okay, we're sending Mike Huntley down to see one, grab all this stuff, and come up. You know, the minute he hit the sediment, uh, you can't see anything. And who the heck knows what's down there, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. What do I got on my last picture here? Well, I got a little close-up, if you can see the bottom hole and the top hole. In black and white. Sort of got a little uh, distorted when I blew it up. But I just wanted to show you these things. Barbara says she isn't going to sleep tonight thinking about all this. It's all in the past episodes that we sort of didn't get any answers to. I mean, we got the answer. Okay, Mike, let's dive this C1. But again, we came up with nothing. Not one thing. Boy, John, something drilled that. It had to have. Why? You know, was that the drill hole that um, Charles Barkhouse did with the sewer cam? Oh. No, because that drill would have to go all the way down to the bottom. How would they see anything? The camera has to be in the cavern. You know, like you're, if you're on top of this void and you're dangling a camera in the cave, you look around. You know what I mean, Judy? Exactly. And Tom says divers miss stuff, and Chatterton only did 10% of 10x. Well, we know, Linda, that the, the other diver dropped some gold flake or coin in, ten, uh, in C1 in the beginning of uh, Season 8. You guys remember that, right? Yes, for sure. But what I'm saying is if this drilled hole is in the bottom of C1, that drill had to go through that rock or whatever that thing is into the ground. Now, if you drop the camera down there, you won't be able to see anything because that drill went all the way down to the bottom of the ground. You pull the whole drill up, and as you come out of the void on top, you're dangling the camera in the void. Now, do you see in the background some kind of gold streak. Do you see that, Judy? Yes, I do. 
Could that be the shiny gold thing? Once they took the drill out of the hole and sent the camera down the pipe, could have the camera seen to the right or to the left that bottom line to be part of the shiny gold thing? It's certainly a possibility. So this is what's been driving me crazy. My C1 craziness. At all times. And the eye of the swamp has taken over for me. But eventually, we'll get there. Yeah, Michelle says that uh, she's at the station with 11 more hours left on this 24-hour shift. Plenty of time to think about it. Hope you can stay awake, Michelle. But uh, like I said, we made it to July 31st. I got a couple of things lined up. I'm just waiting for uh, more responses. Yep, Tom. I'm waiting for more responses uh, from the people that want to come on the show. At least that'll keep up uh, some interest. I know it's slow right now. I'm trying to do my best. Uh, Judy's doing her best. And um, there'll probably be a couple of Saturdays we won't be on because there's just no more new news. And, you know, I'm not going to talk about C1 again and things like that again. So we got to get some new information uh, to come on. But you never know what happens, Judy. You get a picture from Oak Island Tours, and you can talk about that picture for uh, 40 minutes. You know what I mean? Right. I agree. And we we keep getting them. Yep. Yep. So sometimes, you know, I, I won't come on pre-show Tuesday and sort of save it for a little spot on on Friday and then come on Saturday. You know what I mean? Right. Tom says it's still a great discussion, and I agree. Yep. Yep. And uh, it just baffles me every time. It just baffles me every time. But uh, we always got to put in our trivia night, you know what I mean? Right. We like those trivia nights. Good night, Elizabeth. Thanks for coming in. We're going to be calling it off in a little while. See if anybody wants to call in, chat for five minutes or six minutes, talk to me. Uh, Judy will get off, put it in chat if anybody wants to uh, call in. I try to come up with some kind of new stuff or new photographs or new something. I'll put everything I put on here will be on my Facebook group in screenshots. Tom says we could talk about the weather. Tom, the weatherman burns. <laughs> I don't know if you post that on other groups, but I love it when, you know, like a hurricane's coming up the East Coast. You're my man. You're my weatherman, Tom. I really appreciate it. 
Is the professor still here? What happened to the professor? Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard him or saw him. Uh, Michelle says she's writing for trivia, John. Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I think I got two member cups left. I'm saving one membership cup for my 2,000th YouTube subscriber. We're stuck on 1,760 members. That's free. That's all they got to do is if they have a YouTube account, go to my YouTube channel and just hit the subscribe button. And if you're the 2,000th uh, subscriber, I'll mail you a free Quest of Oak Island membership mug. But it's very hard to get subscribers. You get one every two weeks and then two leave. Same thing on the paid side. You know, two will join, one will leave, three will join, two will leave. So it's very inconsistent. But we're steady at about 1,760 subscribers, which is free to subscribe to my YouTube channel. And I guess that shows if you're growing, if people are subbed to your channel. Otherwise, if nobody's subbing, and nobody's joining your channels, you're not creating a new buzz, and they determine that you're, you're not growing. Even if you got 50,000 people, and in two months you got still 50,000 people, you're just not growing. So, like I said, I don't really care if I got 20 people, but I really want to keep the interest uh, going as much as I can. Uh, the cast members have been awful quiet. I don't know if they got new rules in place. Even to answer people on group posts or even to like or do anything on social media now. I know some members couldn't even be on social media. So maybe they all have that now, the main cast members. I'm not talking about some of the researchers. I'm talking about the main cast members, Judy. Yes. Obviously, we're not hearing a thing from them this year no. at all. Um, Tom Burns is left is going to leave us. So have a good weekend, Tom, and thanks for your post this week. Yep, thanks, Tom, for that post. Um, I didn't do screen share. I sort of want to save that for another time to show everybody on YouTube what our Facebook was about. I thought I had a good program tonight, so I didn't think I needed it. Judy, what do you think? No, I think it was a great night, John. I think everybody enjoyed the the uh, back and forth. Yep. Hello, Cam. How are you? And I want the group to be more involved. I mean, some groups are involved, but if they have a guest on or interviews all the time, it doesn't really give a chance for the members to be involved as much as I like my members involved. You know what I mean? And ours are, are so involved and get more so all the time. Yep, and I'm just saying we have a good rapport with our members, the back and forth. Uh, we don't have anybody really calling in, but that's how it goes. Thank you, Cindy. Um, Darlene wants to know what night trivia is. Um, Darlene, when John decides, then we'll let you know. Yeah, it'll probably be, we'll have to save that. It's got to be a Saturday night, Darlene. I'm not going to do it any night other than a Saturday night. I'll keep you posted. Um, I'm going to take the phone call number off. Let me see here. Yep, Michelle. I want it almost as like a coffee house 
but some people are very uncomfortable. I mean, I'm a shy guy to believe it or not. <laughs> and that's hard to believe. And you guys as members up to the 71,000 people, I did this for you guys. I mean, I had an old HP laptop that I started with. No way that I think I'd be having a studio and this and that and got to get better microphones and audio boards because I want you to hear the best. I want you to see the best. But you as a group made this, not me. You as a group. It's all I would do is show you guys screenshots. Welcome everybody to the sh- the, to the uh, show. And that was it. John, I do think that we're all getting more comfortable with, with each other all the time. So we are talking more. Right, right. There's a lot of people that would say things in chat and text that I would say, well, give me a call and tell me. No, I don't want to be on the telephone. You know what I mean? Even what Judy's doing now, people won't even do that, except we have a couple of callers like Neil and David. But, you know, out of 71,000 people, you get the same crew over and over. But all the time new people come in, they got to check you out, make sure they feel comfortable, you know, before they even say anything, you know, Judy? Right, exactly. And and uh, I know it's kind of nerve, nerve-wracking to think about doing it, but once you get used to it, guys, it really is easy. Right, and Judy does never thinks of uh, the thousands of people that listen to us worldwide. That never bothers her, right, Judy? No. <laughs> Not until you start reminding me, John. <laughs> Gee whiz. Yeah. And the only time I edit is if something technically goes wrong. I mean, it's, if it gets all screwed up and somebody starts swearing or whatever, I mean, I can't put that on YouTube. I can't put that on Facebook. And somehow I'd have to edit that. But I haven't had that problem uh, yet. So, but you never know. You get a phone call. I have no editing. And I'd have to do something with that. But otherwise, we just go off the hip. It's like you calling up somebody and saying, hey, what's up? What's going on? What do you think of this Oak Island thing? What do you think of that? And that's what I want this chat room to be. That's what I want this show to be. And that's what it is, John. It is. Thanks, Michelle, very much. And then Karen says, if it's a ship, what ship could it be? I wish we knew. For sure. <laughs> you know, we. I wish we knew. But like I'm saying, as the seasons go on, season nine, I just showed you a bunch of things that we have no answers to. It's just a situation that this place creates more questions than answers. And it has been always that way. Right, Judy? Right from the start, John. Right from the time they put it in the Reader's Digest. It's been that way. Yep. And my saying now is, number one, what, Judy? Number one, they're looking in the wrong spot. And number two, They have not gone deep enough. That's the only thing I can think of after doing this thing for eight years, nine years, and they don't know what's going on at the money pit. 
I don't know if they're going to do a big dig. After, if they find if spoon or silver is just a material, mineral deposit, or there is something there, that's the big lever. Spooner silver is the big lever right here on this season. And that's, I hope they start that right off when the new show starts. You know what I mean, Judy? Because Spooner silver, if that comes out that they can't find it, or they can't find the source, or they do find where it's coming from, that would be the thing for the whole season. Because if they do say it's just a mineral uh, deposit someplace, then what do they do? You know what I mean? Right, for sure. How about the Mercy Point? I'd like that. Yeah. You're welcome, Paul. Good night, Paul, and thank you so much. Um, Because we want the I in Mercy Point checked off. We haven't got it checked off. They want to put the coffer dam on the southeast lower portion of the swamp to see if that pathway goes out to the bay. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I don't know, John, is that's not going to get them to where the anomaly is. Right. Is it? Right. Good night, Linda. I'm going to be taking off shortly. I took the phone number off. You know what that means. So, uh, Judy, you want to say your goodbyes, and then we'll go from there. Okay. All right. It's been a good night, everybody. It's good to talk to everybody. Thank you for putting my Saturday night in, John. And uh, we'll see you all next week. And in the meantime, stay safe, please. Good night, John. Okay. Thank you, Judy. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye. Okay, guys. Okay, guys. Okay, guys, thanks for coming in. And remember, always go forward, guys. You may get a setback, like I tell you every time I have a live broadcast, but always go forward. You believe in your dreams. No matter how old you are, go for that dream if you can. You stay positive. And you'd be mentally tough in these crazy times. If not, there's plenty of help out there. I want to say goodnight to everybody. Stay safe. Be positive. We'll see you next week, hopefully on Saturday, if we can come up with something. If something new comes up, watch my group. Uh, Please join my YouTube channel if you can. Subscribe, please. Or join the paid site for perks. We will have T-shirts already. Coffee mugs will be soon. I want to thank you all for joining me tonight. Have the rest of your Saturday evening great. We got through July. Now we need August, September, October, and we'll be home free. I thank you so much for joining me. You guys are the best. Good night.